This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at Amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. The signs and symptoms of breast cancer are not the same for everyone. It's important to know your normal and see your doctor if you notice changes in your body. Today's guest has undergone treatment for two different types of breast cancer, being diagnosed the first time in 2007 and again in 2018. Each time, she was the one that found the lump, and each time she wondered if she was being paranoid. She's passionate about sharing her story to encourage others to go to their screenings and to listen to that inner voice that might be telling you that something is not quite right. Here today to share her story is Elizabeth Braun. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I'm so happy to talk to you. I mean, this is so important because uh, I, I love in the intro how we, how we said you know, each time you thought you might be crazy, right? And that's always the fear, right? And so I'm, I'm really glad that you're going to speak to that fear in this show. And so, so I, I understand that you had breast cancer twice. Let's start with your initial diagnosis. Tell us uh, how you knew something was wrong and then what happened after that. Sure thing. So um, my initial diagnosis was in August of 2007. I was actually away for the weekend. Um, it was in Atlantic City, not my favorite place in the world, <laughs> but um, I, it was late at night, you know, had been out, gone to bed, and I was laying in bed, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you know when you have a bruise somewhere on your body, and you can't see the bruise yet, but you can kind of feel something lingering under the skin? So that's, I felt that kind of weird, tingly sensation on my right breast, and kind of felt the area and lo and behold, there was a small, hard lump. And I couldn't fathom, like, what, really? Is that, is that there? Um, somehow I managed to fall asleep and I woke up in the morning and kind of did the same thing, like double checked, like, is that really there? And it was. So um, coming home from Atlantic City, called my gynecologist, went in for an exam. He really didn't think, he said, I don't think it's anything, but if you were my sister, wife, mother, I would want you to get it checked further. And that's what I did. So I went to, I went for a mammogram, a subsequent biopsy, MRI, and yes, it was confirmed. It was cancer. Mm, wow. And so you went through treatment and, and kind of you were clear? I mean, like, what, what, were the, what were the next things that happened there? So what happened next was I um, met with a surgeon in New York um, through Sloan Kettering, and we determined, you know, what would be the best plan for my treatment. She was very confident that I would be perfectly fine just doing a lumpectomy. Um, so I had the lumpectomy in September of 07. And followed that with a course of 33 radiation treatments. Hmm. Okay. And, a, and a, um, five years on tamoxifen. Hmm. All right. So, so you get the initial diagnosis. Of course, that's terrifying. You go through the treatment. You're past it. 
you're 10 years past it. And I mean, I assume thought you'd move past it. Tell me about realizing that something was wrong again. So um, end of February of 2018, um, as you said, I was about six months after passing my 10 year anniversary. Um, I same almost identical situation where I felt something, you know, under the skin, but you know, nothing visual. My hand was drawn to the area. It was very similar um, spacing as to where the original tumor was. And again, I felt that hard little lump um, called my doctor, same breast surgeon that I saw in 07. And um, not for anything, I was very, very, very um, on top of my routine appointments. I had my mammogram every year. I did an MRI. Um, you know, six months after. So there was never an appointment or a year or anything missed as far as um, my exams. So I called my doctor's office, told them, uh, you know, I found a lump in my right breast again. I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. And they said, nope, you're never crazy. Anything you find, we're here to check it. So I went in, saw my doctor. She came in and I said the same exact thing to her. I'm like, you are going to think I am crazy, that I am a like hypochondriac. And again, she said, nope, nope, nope. That's why we're here. So she felt the area where I had felt the lump and she felt it as well, marked it up with a Sharpie. I had a mammogram. Um, after the mammogram, they said, we'd like to do an ultrasound. So they did an ultrasound. After the ultrasound, they said, we're going to do a biopsy. As soon as they said the words, we're going to do the biopsy, that's when I knew for sure. Um, yeah. Hmm. Wow. And that, I mean, that's just got to be so striking. And so, so, I mean, tell us about what was your treatment like? What was your recovery like the second time around? So my treatment was a little bit different this time. Um, I opted to do a double mastectomy. Um, thinking I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this a third time. Um, so I opted for the double mastectomy. I consulted with a plastic surgeon to do the reconstruction. I had the surgery, stupidly, on my 50th birthday. Um, yeah, bad idea, bad idea. So I had the double mastectomy, the reconstruction. They put in the expanders um, a few weeks later came to find out that my oncotype test, which tests your tests the actual tumor for your um, levels of chance reoccurrence, came back in the high range. Because I came back in the high range, I then um, had to do four rounds of chemo as prevention. And with the four rounds of chemo, because again, the tumor was estrogen and progesterone positive, I was put on an aromatase inhibitor. Hmm. Wow. That is, I mean, that, that's a lot. And, uh, well, and, now to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but even no, worse than that, yeah. based on the radiation treatments 10 years prior, my skin never looked damaged or burned or bad or different. Um, I really didn't even have any discoloration when I did the radiation, but the long-term effects of the radiation are internal hmm. and due to the, um, radiation, and having had a surgeries in that same area where they opened up on the 
mastectomy line where they had originally taken up the lumpectomy, um, my skin was severely damaged. Um, the skin and the tissue were severely damaged. So one month after the double mastectomy, um, the incision opened and I had to go in for emergency surgery to remove the expander, flush the area, replace the expander. Um, and that maintained for about six months, everything was fine. And then I went in to do the finishing of the reconstruction with the implants. And shortly thereafter, um, the incision opened again. So it happened about three or four times. I had a total of five surgeries. Um, at one point they took the implant out and they wanted the skin and surrounding tissue to heal. And then um, October of 2019, I had latissimus flap surgery. And latissimus flap surgery is where they take a section of the skin and tissue off your back. They push the blood vessels through under the armpit around to the front, and they reconstruct the breast with the tissue they removed from your back. Wow. So, yeah, that was a lot. That was yeah, a lot. That they, is... they, they, weren't, they weren't sure if I'd ever be able to um, lift my arms over my head or mm. use my right arm to like push myself up off a chair or, mm. you know, any wow. normal functioning stuff. But that's a lot, man. <laughs> so, so I'm curious. I mean, you've now gone through the, the diagnosis, the, the treatment, the recovery twice. I mean, do you have a history of breast cancer in your family? Have, have other people, you know, dealt with this? Um, ironically, we do not have almost no cancer in my entire family. We wow. There's no breast cancer. Um, I am the first one on my mother's side and my father's side. We're both heavily female slated families and there is no breast cancer. Wow. Wow. Okay. So even more shocking then really at that point, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So, so I understand that you're an active person. What was the process like getting back to activities that you enjoyed and what did it mean to you to be able to do that? Um, you know what? It was, it was, it was, it was really hard not being able to do things for, for like those months during the chemo and whatnot. Um, it was a slower recovery, obviously then like the lumpectomy and the radiation. Mm. Um, it took longer to get back to being able to do normal things again. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, my right side was definitely weaker. Um, but as of today, I am fully back at the gym. I have a personal trainer. I run on the boardwalk. Um, I am happy to say I have full movement of my, my arm. I have all the strength in it. I am actually able to do a pull up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So being able to do pull-ups again, I didn't think was ever going to happen. That's Neither amazing. did my trainer. Wow. Congrats yeah. on that. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, so let's talk a little bit more about your, your family. I mean, how did these diagnoses affect your family? I understand that you've got a daughter and I'm curious how it affected her and how you talk to her about her health. So when I was diagnosed in 2007, um, my best friend, um, her name is Molly Hall. Molly Hall was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 35 years old, and she lost her battle four years later. Molly passed away 
um, September 12th, 2007, the morning that I was in Sloan Kettering meeting with my surgeon. Um, the hardest part was that my daughter is my oldest. Um, she was in fifth grade at the time and I didn't want her to know because she was very close with Molly. They had a very special relationship and you know, with kids, especially I didn't want them to correlate. My mom has cancer. Molly had cancer. Molly died. My mom's going to die. Right. So, um, we kept it, we kept it pretty quiet from them back in 07, um, until I, like, I really got through the surgery Hmm. and they saw that I was fine and that it was going to be fine. And, um, that's how we kind of handled it back then. As far as 2018, um, my children, you know, were older. Um, my daughter and I are very close. We have a very, very, very close relationship. Um, you know, there's not a question that she can ask me that I don't feel comfortable answering. And she came with me to three out of four of my chemo treatments, um, you know, going forward because my first diagnosis, I was 39 years old. So she'll start mammograms at 29. Mm. Yeah. And she's actually, I think, kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, it sounds like you've instilled in her that, that desire to just watch out for herself, right? To take care yeah. of her body and be sure that she's, she's checking and, and ensuring she's healthy. So that's, that's fantastic. So just thinking about the, the, the whole story, you know, there, obviously the shock of being diagnosed and then going through that and the shock of being diagnosed again, and then going through that. I mean, I'm curious if you can talk about how you were able to get through it from the initial diagnosis to, I mean, again, like the shock of your friend passing away while you're at the surgeon's office to the second diagnosis, like what, what got you through everything? Um, I am extremely fortunate that I have a super support system. Um, my husband was amazing through both diagnoses, treatments. Um, in 07, after seeing what Molly was going through, Molly had um, chemo, radiation, back-to-back at the same time. Uh, her, you know, her diagnosis was stage four from the beginning. It was inner lymph nodes. Um, so kind of based on with that diagnosis, I felt like I had easy cancer. Mm. I really felt like mm. I got off, you know, Ooh, okay. You know, this is easy. This is easy. Cancer did a little radiation. Yeah. Didn't even burn my skin. Things are yeah. good. <laughs> right. But, um, the weird thing was, and I know, you know, you, you passed the one year, you passed the five year, I passed the 10 year, but there was always this weird little thing in the back of my head thinking cancer's not done with me yet. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And wow. I just thank God that it hit me again and not one of my children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's yeah. I think we'd all rather take that hit than our children. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. I have a wonderful group of friends. Um, they were super supportive. You know, I had the dinners arriving at the house every night. Um, you know, when I couldn't drive after the surgeries, I was driven on errands, taken out. Um, again, my husband was phenomenal. He did tons and tons of research. Uh, he was more familiar with the Oncotype testing than I was mm. because I found out in 2018 that back in 07, they did do the Oncotype test on that tumor and it came back in the middle range. Mm. So, which left it, you know, kind of in the gray area as to whether or not A, 
should I maybe done the mastectomy back then? Or B, should I maybe have done the four rounds of chemo back then? But there's no way to know. There's no way to know. But you're here now and you're running on the boardwalk. So uh, (laughs) so we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. That's amazing. Well, uh, so last question, what advice do you have for newly diagnosed patients and their families about how to maneuver through their breast cancer experiences? I mean, everybody's breast cancer experience is going to be different with that similar bottom line. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, is, it is like getting kicked in the stomach. Uh, round two, I, because I, I, I really thought I was being crazy paranoid. So round two, even after they did all in one doctor's appointment, the mammogram, the sonogram and the biopsy, I, I still was like, huh, not, 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 not possible. Um, you know, it's keeping, as long as you have that rock by your side, um, you know, whether, whether it's a, a parent, a sibling, um, a spouse who, you know, I had a super, super fantastic support system and I you know, was able to just fall back on them. Um, my husband tells me that, you know, I'm tougher than most people. So <laughs> I just, you know, it was, it was also, I just did what I was told, <laughs> you know, like, this is your diagnosis. This is going to be your treatment. Um, and I really felt like my team was so on top of things and they knew what was best for me. And I didn't question it. Yeah. I didn't wow. question it. Well, that's great. Well, we're, we're certainly glad to see how well you're doing now and, and just really appreciate you giving us a peek into your life, into your story, and, and just encouraging us to, uh, to do well together. I'm really happy to share my story. If my story promotes one person who thinks they feel something that doesn't feel quite right, getting into their doctor and getting in for a mammogram or, you know, what, what, whatever it may be, you have to remind yourself you're, you're, you're never over too overcautious. You're never being paranoid. It's your body and you really do know it better than anybody else does. Wow. That's perfect advice. So we will end on that advice. That's amazing. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to Amgen for supporting this podcast. To learn more about Amgen's mission to serve patients with a cutting edge science-based approach, follow Amgen Biotech on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.